Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, grab them, pull them out. Matthew chapter 6 this morning is where we're going to be. We're going to go back to. Uh, I'm going to be in a number of places, a number of scriptures today. And I want to continue on, sort of, with the message that I started to preach last week. Last week, I I preached on the Lord's Prayer. We only got through the portion of the Lord's Prayer that talks about, give us this day our daily bread. And as I was praying this week and preparing for this message, God spoke a couple things to me. And the first one was this, you know, last week, your focus on the Lord's Prayer was really about the idea of healing and understanding how how the Lord's Prayer as a model prayer can be helpful when it comes to getting through sickness and disease. And we prayed for the sick last week. Uh, and, And when we pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, it's more than just making sure the pantry's full. It's also praying, God, basically give us, Lord, our our daily necessities. And sometimes in life, the necessity that we have is for God to heal us or to strengthen us or to walk through something with us. And last week, that's the way we prayed. That was the first thing he spoke to me. The second thing he spoke to me was, was this week. He said, I want you to teach my people about how the Lord's Prayer can, can be used to help them overcome, if you're King James Version, let me say it this way, overcome besetting sins. If you're not King James, if you're one of the other versions, it's probably sins that cling, clinging sins. He said, you you need to teach my people how the Lord's Prayer can be involved in helping them overcome those sins that so easily beset or those sins that so easily uh, cling to our lives. Now, what started this series off was the idea of what do you want your life to look like in 2022? You say, Pastor Bay, that's a whole year away. Yes, it is. But what your life, your happiness, your joy, your peace, your power, your authority, your family, your finances are going to look like in 2022 will in large part be determined by how you live your life in 2021. Right? I mean, you just don't wake up one day and everything falls into place. It's a, it's a lifelong, year-long process. And I, I hope you have begun to think about this. What do you want your life to look like in 2022? I have begun to think about this. You can think about it on, uh, in terms of health and physical fitness and all of that as well, but, but spiritually and relationally, what do you want your life to look like? And as I prayed this week, as I prepared this message this week, one of the things God spoke to me was, there are those that are struggling with those clinging, besetting, keep coming back, won't let go kind of sins. And one of the best things that could happen to their life is for them to be set free this year from that sin that just continues to beset them and cling to them. Now, I'm not going to ask you this morning to raise your hand and say, Pastor Barry, that's me. I've got one of those things in my life. But I want you to think about that. Is there something in your life that your life next year, your life throughout this year would be incredibly different, incredibly better if you no longer had to deal with and struggle with that particular sin? Last week we talked a lot about the motivation of sin or motivation of prayer. It needs to be not motivated by letting people see how spiritual we are. We talked about how we don't have to be people that pray with huge amounts of words. Matthew chapter 6, chapter 6, verse 5, verse 6, 7, and 8 all speak to that. We, we don't have to continue to say over and over and over again and beg God. We, just, we need to go and ask God because God knows what we need before we even get there. And then we moved into this part of the prayer that goes 
my Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And there's something powerful about realizing that we're not the center of the universe. God is. My Father in heaven, hallowed, holy, revered, uh, holy, powerful is your name, your being, your character. There's something powerful in that. I'm not the center of the universe. God is. And then we talked last week a bit about God. Also, God, let your will be done, not my will be done. We're going to pick those themes up again this morning, even though I preached on them last week, but we're going to look at them in the context of, God, how can these things help me be free from besetting sin? Now, we're going to go to Matthew in a moment, but let me read you a couple of passages here, and you're welcome to turn there if you want to. We probably have them on the screen here that, that will talk about this idea of clinging or besetting sins. Hebrews 12, 1 is where the idea comes from. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which besets us or clings to us so closely. Hebrews 12.1 is where that idea comes from. And you say, Pastor Barry, okay, I, I, I see where the idea is coming from. What kind of sin are you talking about? Well, let me go to Galatians this morning, chapter 5, to give you some idea of the type of sin that I'm talking about. Paul says in Galatians 5, 19, he gives this list of the works of the flesh. He says this, he says, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies or carousing and parties and things like these, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I think that's a pretty good list of besetting, clinging sins. You say, Pastor Barry, no Christian ought to have any of those things in their life. And I would agree with you. But can I tell you this morning, I've pastored long enough, enough years now and enough decades to be able to stand here and say to you that I've watched some really um, sincere people struggle with some really hard sin. There was a theme back in the 80s. Nancy Reagan put it out. It was to help kids stop using drugs. Do you remember what it was? Just say no. I like it. It's a good thing. Makes sense to me. Just say no. But again, I've pastored long enough to be able to stand here and say to you that I've known some people that sincerely wanted to say no to, to, to some sin in their life, and, and, and they sincerely did say no, and they sincerely did walk away from it, but it was like there was a hook in them. It was a clinging, besetting, hanging on thing that it, they just could not seem to get victory over it. Now, I've also observed over the years that we're usually a whole lot better at seeing other people's sins than our own. And we like to pick on the big ones, the external ones. We like to point out things like adultery and using crack cocaine. But I read through that list, and I don't know, there may be some things in there that some of us need to work on. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. And those, for Christians, are the secret sins, aren't they? They're the ones that nobody knows about. Those are, those are going to the computer screen that you shouldn't be on. Those are picking up the magazine you shouldn't be looking at. Those are being challenged because you, and I'm talking mostly to you guys, but, I, but it, it applies both directions. It, it's taking that second look at that lady in the short skirt, and we're living in a day of a lot of those type of things. Nobody knows about. 
idolatry and sorcery, which are control issues. I've got to be in control. I've got to have and do whatever I've got to have to have control. That's a besetting sin. I've been around long enough, I've pastored long enough to know that there are a lot of Christians that struggle with control issues. It's a real thing. And then there's the enmity and the strife and the jealousy and the fits of anger and the rivalries and the dissensions and divisions. And and I'm going to tell you this morning, you can't pastor more than two months and not realize that those are real things in the church. Which means they're real things because the church isn't the organization. The church is the families that call this home, right? They're real things in the lives lives of people. Those clinging, those besetting sins. You know what else I've been around long enough? be able to tell you that there is not one sin on that list that there isn't somebody somewhere justifying so pastor Barry, what do you mean listen to me i i have had people justify to me um i have had people justify to me a life that is involved in fornication sexual immorality sexual activity outside of marriage and they've justified to me i've i've listened to that some of you have too we love each other I've listened to people justify adultery. I've listened to people justify dissension. I've listened to people justify anger. I've listened to people justify just about everything. There's probably, right now we're, we're listening to Christians around the world in many, many denominations justifying sexual immorality in the context of, of same-sex relationships. And it's okay because God's okay with love. We've got Christians that are justifying all kinds of things, and we like to pick out the big ones and the ones like that, and and that's fine. We need to preach against sin, but we also need to be careful that we don't miss that it may be dissension, it may be rivalry, it may be anger, it may be jealousy, it may be one of those things that aren't the the big three or the big four that's in our own heart. You understand what I'm saying this morning? God said you need to talk to my people about how they can be free from from clinging, besetting sin the question becomes this what would my life look like if i spent this year praying daily and i found myself in this next year as i moved into 2022 free from that clinging thing in my life now listen only you know what's going on in your heart and your mind only you know what's going on in your private life only you and god know what's going on in the depths of your being only you and god know many of those things okay and and maybe there is no nothing being justified maybe you're not dealing with a clinging sin and i i hope that's most of you i hope that's all of you but i don't believe god ever says go and preach something without somebody needing to hear it amen we do say amen here once in a while it's okay amen am i right don't ever say a woman (laughs) for those of you here that were here last week you get that those of you that weren't I'll explain it later, okay? I, I, I want to keep preaching this morning. Amen. Let's go back to Matthew 6. Let's look this morning together at Matthew 6. And I want to preach through this, how it can help you with this whole thing of sin. And I'm just going to go ahead and pick up with verse 9 this morning. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Revered, I said earlier, holy. God, I'm not the sinner and I don't determine right and wrong. Think about the power of this in your life. Every day you get up and you start with this prayer, this acknowledgement. God, you're bigger than I am. You know more than I know. But the other part of hallowed is holy. Here's something America needs to hear. Social media doesn't determine what's right and wrong. 
CNN does not determine what's right and wrong. Fox News doesn't determine what's right and wrong. Your friends don't determine what's right and wrong. What feels good doesn't determine what's right and wrong. Do you know what determines right and wrong? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed and holy is your name, your being, your character, the very depths of who you are, the one who created all things and put the rules in place and knows better what's good for me than I know what's good for myself. That's who determines what's right and wrong. That's who determines what's holy and what's not holy. If you get up every morning and you begin your day this way, Lord, my Father in heaven, hallowed, holy, righteous is your name, your being, your character. My Father in heaven, hallowed is your name. Then you set yourself up for a day where you're going to have a really hard time coming back and justifying, God, it's okay if I do this because it feels good, or it's okay if I do this because it's not hurting anybody else, or it's okay if I do this because you know that I've tried and I just can't overcome it. How, do, how does the Lord's Prayer help us overcome these besetting sins? By starting out with, hallowed be thy name. My Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, when I start my day by honoring and revering and acknowledging who God is, and then I move into this request, this question, this, this, this prayer, Lord, let your will be done but not, and not my will be done, that's a powerful thing. James chapter 4, he, he, he has this interesting passage in the first few verses. It goes like this. He says this, and he's talking to the church now, okay? This, is, this isn't to a bunch of heathen. He's talking to the church. He says, look, what, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? We all have to pray, God, let your will be done and not my will. You say, Pastor Barry, no, 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 you don't understand. My will is to do God's will, and, 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 and I will never want to do anything else but God's will. Okay, I won't disagree with that, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not there yet, and I've never met very many people that are truly, truly there yet. Now, I will say, and there's a piece of me that always wants to do God's will, but there's another piece of me that's always, always battling. It says, not what God wants, but what makes me feel good. Does that resonate with anybody? Listen, listen, listen to what James said again to the church. He said, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? And when I take a moment every day and I begin, my Father in heaven, hallowed is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I make earth not starting with all you. God fix all them, but God fix me. Let your will be done in my heart. Let your will be done in my life. Let your will be done in my actions. Let your will be done in my feelings. Let your will be done in the things that I open my mouth and, and, and let speak. Let your will be done in me first. Then all of a sudden, the passions that are within me, that war within me, maybe I win, the Spirit of God in me wins, and the passions don't. He goes on and says in verse 2, You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to the church. What would your life look like in 2022 if you were set free by spending time with God in prayer every day from that clinging, besetting thing that just beats you up? I talk about the sexual immorality and I talk about the big things, but 
I don't know how many Christians I see living lives of misery because they're jealous that somebody else has more. Or they're angry because they didn't get their way. Right? So many Christians that are ate up and, and, and just everything's a constant battle. Christians that it doesn't matter what the leadership does, they're, they're, they don't like it. They would do it differently. I've always been intrigued over the decades by the number of people that God never called to be a pastor, that have never been a pastor, that never walked in these shoes, that have such a really good idea of what it looks like and what you ought to do to be a pastor. I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I came to your job, now I'm not actually, this isn't pointed at anybody, so if you happen to have this occupation, it's not, I'm not throwing it out there to get a point across to anybody, okay? But what, if you're a nurse, what if I showed up at the hospital and said, hey, let me follow you around today and tell you how to do your job? What if you're a construction worker and I showed up on the construction site and I, I said, hey, let me, let me show you how to nail that two by four. I, 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 I got a pretty good idea what that, I mean, really? They say, well, Pastor Barry, that's not sin. Really? Dissensions and rivalries and angers and hatreds and stirring up the people of God and all that stuff, that's a problem. That's a besetting sin right there that not only besets you, but besets us pastors and besets everybody in the church so often. And God's saying, how, 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 much better, how much better would it be to get up in the morning and go look in the mirror as 2022 rolls around because God has set you three, th th free through 2021 and realize that when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're not angry, you're not mad, you're not jealous, you're not ready to punch somebody, you're not ready to hate yourself. You've got peace, you've got joy, you've got love, you're happy. No, everything isn't perfect. No, the preacher doesn't always get it right. No, my boss can be a jerk sometimes, but I feel good because Jesus loves me. Anybody like to live life like that? I don't know about you all, but I, I don't really like being constantly irritated and aggravated. Besetting sins. He says this, he says in uh, uh, verse 11, he, he says, give us this day our daily bread. And let me take that back to the necessities that we have to have. And one of the necessities we have to have if we're going to beat these besetting sins is, is um, let me read James 4 to you, 6 and 7. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We need resources to resist the devil. Sometimes the prayer goes like this. Now, now, look, maybe I'm the only one that's ever prayed this prayer. But I try to be really honest with God because he knows anyway. And I don't, I don't pray this to other people, and I don't pray this in front of other people, and I don't generally share this with other people. But it goes, and I'm not going to give you any specifics because it's none of your business, <laughs> to be honest. But it goes basically generically like this. Lord, you, you know that thing that I'm wanting, that I'm desiring, and it's not good. Will you change my want-tos? You ever pray that prayer? Lord, change my want-tos. I pray regularly, God, will you give me imagination? Because I don't feel like I've got any and I need some. I pray regularly, God, will you give me creativity? Because I don't feel like I've got any and I need some. 
I pray regularly, God, will you help me to communicate better because I don't feel like I communicate very well and I need your help. I pray regularly, God, will you give me wisdom to be a better leader? And I pray, God, will you change my want-tos? And it may be silly things. I, I, I will tell you one that I have prayed regularly in the last year, okay? I grew up in a home where we watched television from the moment my dad walked in the door from work until we went to bed at night. I grew up in a home where television was what the family operated around. And because, and, and maybe I'm making excuses now, but regardless, I, when I come home at the end of the day, the first thing I want to do is sit down and turn on the television and watch television. And I will sit there if I'm not careful, and I will watch TV from the moment I get home until I go to bed at night. And when I'm tired, it's even more, more the case. And I'm careful what I watch. I don't watch, I try to avoid junk, and there's a lot of shows I won't even turn on, and there's episodes that I'll turn off that I am, am on, so it's not that. But I'm thinking to myself, at the end of three hours of sitting there watching the TV, what in the world have I done that's made my life, my family's life, or the world better? What a waste. And I, and I fight that battle. And this has been the prayer that I have prayed to God. And I, is that a besetting sin? I, I don't know. I, I suppose if it becomes an idol, then it absolutely is. There's no point in me standing up here and justifying something. I'm not trying to do that. I'm pretty honest with God and being fairly honest with you all this morning as well. And, and I pray, God, will you change my want-tos? Help me to just not want to watch TV anymore. And you know, he has. I've watched a lot less this past year than I've watched in my whole life. It's just not, and part of it is, Part of it is there's just nothing worth watching on TV anymore, right? It's so much junk, but it's not, but it, and, it, and that is a piece of it, but it's also, I believe, the Holy Spirit has been working inside of me, just changing the things that I want to do. I would rather go and spend time doing something productive, something that matters, something that will change my life, my family's life, or the world around me, or this church, instead of sitting in the TV. And that doesn't mean I don't watch TV anymore. I'm not saying that. And if you watch TV, that's your business. That's between you and God. But sometimes the resource that we have to pray, Lord, give me this day my daily bread, is, Lord, will you change my want-tos? Now, if you've got a besetting sin in your life, if you've got something that you know, you know and God knows that it is pulling at you, and you say, no, God, I, I repent of it, I walk away from it, and you know in two days or three days or two hours or three hours you're going to be pulled back to it, then you need to begin to pray and say, God, change my desire, change my want-to. I need that resource, Lord, I need that help. We pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, and, and part of that is resources to be able to resist the devil, and part of that is change my want-tos. Part of it is this. Part of it is courage and self-control. Part of it is the fruit of the Spirit. If you, if, I don't know if you all realize this, but self-control happens to be one of the fruit of the Spirit, and it's praying Galatians 5, and 23. God, I need some resources today. God, I, I need some help today. I need some bread today. I need the fruit of the Spirit. I need love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, God. I need to be able to, to feel that passion that's inside of me that I know is not right. And it doesn't have, we, we, I say passion, we all think sexual. All, and I, it doesn't have to be sexual. I mean, I got some real passion for ice cream. You all know that, all right? You've heard me preach enough over the years. I got me some real passion for cookie dough ice cream. It's some of the best stuff in the world. I really believe that it is probably what manna was, if you want to really get into the theology of it. Pretty sure manna was ice cream. It was sweet and it melted after so much time. But I can't really justify that scripturally, but it's a good story, right? I, I got, so, so my prayer is, God, help me control that passion. It doesn't have to be something sexual. Your passion may be, it may be many things. But the question is, is it pleasing and bringing glory to God? And if it's not, then that becomes the prayer. God, give me self-control. And then we move into this prayer in Matthew 6 of, Forgive me for my sins as I forgive those that have sinned against me. And I'm running short on how much time I have to preach this this morning. And I, so, so 
fasten your seatbelts, hang on, I'm going to share this with you this morning. 1 John 1.9 tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let, let, me, let me just put it this way. Forgiveness of sin, and, and you need to be aware of this, forgiveness of sin is always preceded by confession of sin. We confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And it's preceded by repentance. Saying, Lord, I'm sorry. But not just I'm sorry, Lord, not only am I sorry, but I'm going to walk a different direction. I used to hate, now I'm going to walk a different direction. I used to be jealous, now I'm going to do something different. I used to do things I shouldn't do with these people, now I'm, not, I'm going to spend time with other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Repentance is more than saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry is what our kids say when they get caught. God's looking for more than that. So forgiveness of sin comes from confession, it comes from repentance. And when I start out my day by saying, God, you're my Father in heaven, and you know everything, and hallowed and holy is your name, when I come to God and I say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, it better be full of confession, it better be full of repentance, because he knows. He knows. And he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But when I, and, and let me bring this to a close in this way, once I, I, I repent and I confess and I repent and I'm forgiven, the next piece of that is, I better pray God again back to resources. God, give me the resources not to fall back into that temptation. Paul has this passage in Romans 7. I, I have always been intrigued by, challenged by, and, and it's just really always resonated with, with me in my life. And it goes like this in verse 18. He says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, and it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. I, I, I've always understood that passage from Paul because there have always been those times, there's always been that battle in my heart between the spirit and the flesh, just like your heart, if you'll be honest about it. And, and, and we need to pray, God, Give us this day our daily bread, the resources we need to overcome this besetting sin. And then we need to pray, God, forgive us our sins and be free of the guilt. But then we need to pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil and the evil one. Now listen to me this morning. God wants you to be free. Absolutely free of the big whale sins. But I'm going to tell you, God is not okay with you being ate up and hooked by the little bitty secret sins either. He wants you free. And if those things have consumed you and those things control you and rule you, Paul was pretty direct in Galatians, those things aren't going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. But see, here's the way a lot of Christians live their lives. God, I sincerely love you. I sincerely desire you. I, I sincerely repent of this. I walk away from it. But they walk away from it with the feeling, the belief, the awareness that ah, if I do it again, I'll come back and repent again. That's cheap grace. That's playing God. I don't mean playing at being God. I mean, that's, that, that's trying to manipulate God. Be really careful with that. If you say, God, I, I repent of this, I walk another direction, you better sincerely mean it. Not sort of mean it with the idea that, okay, if I come back here again, God will forgive me again. He probably will. God's patience and mercy and grace is beyond bounds and goes on for years. And 
we see it throughout Scripture, but there does come a day where your heart, get, heart gets hard, and people talk about the, the hardness that comes and the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and part of that is I, my heart just gets so hard from playing, manipulating God that I, I get to where my want to is I don't really care anymore. Don't, don't let your besetting sin get there. Don't let it get there. Will you stand to your feet this morning? It's 1030. Here's what I'd like to do. I look forward to the day that we can go back to a little bit longer service and have more time at the altar, and I can have an extra five minutes to preach or ten minutes or whatever. But we're not at that place right now, and God manages to get in what needs to be said in, in the time frame that, that we have. I, I do believe he's big enough to handle that. Let me throw, toss this to you this morning as we close. What would your 2022 life look like if you were free of something that's clinging to your heart? If you would do this for me, bow your heads for just a moment, close your eyes, and just, just you and God for a moment. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Is there something in there that's clinging? What would your, heart, what would your life look like in 2022 if that went away? If that was gone, if you were free from it? This is what I want to challenge you to do today. Make prayer a daily part of your life. Make it a place. Make it a time. Make it a habit. Pray this prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Most of us know it, Matthew 6 if you don't. And pray this prayer. And I'm not going to ask you to lift your hands this morning and do you have a besetting sin. That, I'm going to leave that between you and God, but I am going to pray over you as we dismiss. Father, this morning I believe, I know you gave me this word, this message for somebody, and probably for a lot of us. And I pray this prayer this morning. Holy Spirit, would you convict and would you work in the hearts of every man and woman in this room? Lord, would you set them free this year? Lord, would you help them to have a picture in their heart and their mind of what their life can be like if they will pray and be set free? how incredibly different 2022 can be than this moment. Free of jealousy, free of anger, free of hatred, free of lust, free of addiction. Lord, I pray, let us take this model prayer, your prayer, the Lord's prayer, and breathe it in and live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. Appreciate you. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.